0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to 20 Minute Marketing. I am excited to get started and present this week's guest right away. Um, So, we are going to be chatting to Toucan today. He is going to be talking to us about how you can check that your marketing strategy targets the right people, which is very important in any business. Um, so yeah, let's get started. So hi, Tukan, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and LeadSift?
1: Sure thing. Hello, everyone. My name is Tukan. I am the CEO and co-founder of LeadSift. LeadSift is a sales intelligence platform that helps other B2B technology companies identify the accounts and prospects to go after based on signals of intent. Um, we are based out of Halifax, Nova Scotia in Canada. But we have clients globally, uh, so super excited and ha- happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to hear all about the sort of intent and the, that side of things. So we'll get straight forward to it and get started in the main section in just one moment. So yeah, let's get started into the main section today, Toucan. We're going to be talking about how to check your marketing strategies, targeting the right people, I know that you've done quite a lot of work and you've got experience at top line level in terms of marketing strategy um, and you've covered it quite extensively. So I was just wondering, in terms of targeting people and making sure everything's right, how would you approach it and what would you do?
1: Yeah, so I just want to start by prefacing the whole thing about intent and, and how this relates to figuring out what, how, how to make sure that your marketing strategy is targeting the right people. Whenever people talk about intent data, the primary use case that we see being used is for identifying a group of companies and people within those companies that are showing buying intent towards your product. So once you know that, you basically take that data and you reach out to them and, and you know execute some different sales and marketing strategies around that. But one interesting side effect or um, uh, collateral of, of mining for intent, we found out was actually getting additional insights around the overall marketing strategy of uh, th- that, that you should be using and making sure your marketing strategy is aligning with the target audience. Um, so there are a few different things in there. There are three broad things that we see to make sure that, you know, your marketing strategy on, is on point and is being effective. First is you do content marketing. So, in content marketing, you're always trying to create the best content that ranks high on SEO, uh, gets a lot of traffic, uh, useful to your end customers, and that convert, you know, attract, that use that as a lead magnet and things like that. Now, to do that, what we have seen histor- historically people do, and there are many, many tools for that, you know, you have tools like SEMrush, Moz, Ahrefs, and things like that that are providing more intelligence on the SEO side of things, um, figuring out what PPC people are using and and all all that good stuff. Um, And and, and I think those are great tools. But one interesting thing we found out, as I mentioned earlier, was how can we use intent to give us indication on what content to use? So one of the things you can do is, um, is monitor what kind of content your competitor is putting out across all their digital channels and, 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 and also analyzing all the different kinds of content they're putting out, whether it's blogs, a tweet, a LinkedIn post, a, a webinar, a case study, anything that they're putting out, analyzing them and extracting topics out of that. Um, once you do that, then you can compare that with what kind of topics you are creating content on. And see if there, is, if there is overlap or if there is a, uh, if there's a uniqueness to your content that you're creating that your competitor's not or vice versa. Uh, so that could be a great idea of you uh, trying to create content by looking closely at your competitors.
0: And have you found doing it uh, manually and just going through each competitor one by one, spending a bit of time each day maybe, doing it that way or maybe using a tool like BuzzSumo and typing in keywords and topics to see what people are talking about? Yeah, so what we do is, and, and BuzzSumo is another tool,
1: you're right. BuzzSumo is another tool that a lot of people use. What we do is we actually use LeadSept, um to, to get this information. And we've spoken to a few of our customers. They, it, the process is still BuzzSumo or manual. It's a lot of manual work that they go through the different channels. We use our own tool Because we analyze competitors for prospects, right? We analyze competitors to figure out who the competitors are talking to uh, or who's talking to the competitor. While doing that as a side effect, it's a very nice side effect. We actually figure out our system actually spits out topics that these competitors are creating content on. So that's how we get a list of high-level topics and themes the competitors are creating different kinds of content on. Um, And that's what we get insights on to then say, all right, the competitors are creating a ton of content on this. Do we have anything around that, um, around those topics? Um, If not, should we create them? Um, So that's how we get that intelligence.
0: Um, Yeah, and then you can sort of, if it's working for them, then you catch on and copy. And then it might be something that they're spending time on and you're thinking, actually, we've actually tried that and it's not worked out for us. So, um, they're probably spending time in the wrong areas and we can capitalize somewhere else maybe. Exactly. So there's an interesting thing layer to that. So you know, every,
1: every competitor, every company is putting content out to attract traffic, right? Attract potential prospects. That's the whole point of it. But one of the things we do is, so let's say someone puts out a piece of content, whether it's an infographic or a white paper or something like that, or a webinar. What we do is we analyze the engagement of that piece of content across the public web. We see what kind of people are talking about it, sharing, asking questions and things like that. And from there on, sometimes we see that, you know, someone put out a piece of content and a big fraction of that content is being engaged by our target audience. Because let's say we sell into marketers and if we see a piece of content that's being put out and it's being engaged by freelancers, bloggers or or whoever, um, that's not very relevant for us. We want to know, who is engaging with that content. So just not knowing what topics your competitor is creating content is is enough. You need to go a level deeper and see who are the people that are engaging with that content. And if you see they are attracting the right kind of audience that you want to sell to, that's the piece of content that you need to be paying closer attention to. So you need to do competitive analysis, but also look at the, the audience that is engaging with that competitor's content.
0: And I think that's that's the line that it takes to sort of get an understanding of of who you're trying to target Um, because it's okay a competitor share or yourself sharing hundreds or thousands of articles, but if it's not going to the right people, then it's a waste of time. Absolutely, yes.
1: So as a a segue to that, one of the things that we do, so you're basically going layers, right? So first you look at your competitors to get the idea of kind of content to create. The other thing you look at is also flip the switch instead of looking at competitors let's let's track the the ideal customer profile so for example i'll give you a couple examples so we were working with a customer in the marketing automation space and they they obviously sell to companies between 20 to 500 employees in uk and us and um, they are typically selling it to marketers so we were seeing all right what are the kind of topics are these marketers uh, showing interest about today, right? Because obviously they will all be showing, you know, at a high level interest about marketing automation and, and 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 everything around that. But what are specific topics right now they're interested in? And one thing we found out was they were showing interest about GDPR. There's a lot of interest about GDPR in in August of this year. So that was a very interesting thing we found out because. GDPR came into being last year, right? And that was a hot topic. So for them to see people talking about GDPR was was very interesting. When we peeled the level below about the kind of content these marketers were showing interest about, it was actually GDPR with relation to this thing that's coming up in California. It's called the CCPA. California is launching a, a new privacy act similar to GDPR. And marketers were were concerned about that. So as a as a topic idea um, for this marketing automation company, they should definitely be putting out some informative and and educational content about how to be compliant with CCPA and how that relates to GDPR and things like that. So that's a very interesting insight that you can get, not by looking at competitors, but looking at what are the topics that ICP cares about.
0: Of course, yeah. And then is there just sort of moving, we've kind of spent quite a bit of time on, on content as the first pillar or layer Um, Is there a second or third one that we were we were going to move on to? I think absolutely. So the second piece then comes is the other thing that marketers spend a
1: lot of time and 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 money is event marketing, is sponsoring events and and, you know attending events and they're they're expensive uh, line items in your marketing budget. So typically, you know, if you're a marketer, you have a pretty good idea of where. your buyers would go to, right? If you're selling into sales or anything to do with sales and marketing, you would go to Dreamforce or a Marketo Summit and things like that. Um, And and if you're in in security, you go to RSA or or Black Hat Conference and stuff like that. But interestingly enough, you can apply the same tactics you do with competitors and ICP is, is monitor the competitor's activities, monitor the ICP activities and figure out which industry events are your competitors going to and sponsoring? Figure out which events are your ideal customer profiles talking about attending and, and, and going to. See the overlap. Those are the events you know you, you you should be going because your competitors are going. Your ICP is also going. But then there would be certain events where you will see your ideal customers are attending, um, but your competitors are not going. Those That's your green field opportunity. Those are the ones that you should be sponsoring because... You will have less competition there. So, for example, we were doing this analysis for a company that is in the, you know, software automation space. And we are analyzing their data, their target market, which happens to be full stack developers, you know, quality assurance people. And, And there was a lot of overlap between the events they are thinking of going, their competitors going, their ICP going. But there was a very interesting conference. There were a couple of them that showed up was one of them was a Python specific conference, the largest Python conference is called PyCon. Um, and that was happening in Portland. Uh, their competitors were not going. They were also not thinking of going, but there was a bunch of full stack developers and QA people attending that. So for them, if they had to spend the money, um, they would get a lot of bang for buck attending that PyCon conference rather than attending the more well-known like an AWS reInvent type conference. So that's a course, pretty interesting yeah. intelligence insight that you can get.
0: And do you have any tips for finding conferences or even other things like award shows that really take quite a lot of time searching manually if somebody's never started before and doesn't quite know where to, to find them? Yeah,
1: and I would say the best way to do it is on go to Twitter, go to LinkedIn, those are two or or go to Facebook and start tracking and following religiously. Uh, your competitors. You will start seeing the events that they're going to. They would start talking about it probably two weeks to a month ahead of time. That's how you can get the intelligence saying, all right, these are the events my competitors are going to. On the flip side, start following people at target accounts or at companies that you want to close. Start following those companies, uh, employees of those companies, and see what kind of events are they talking about attending. Um, it's a pretty manual and tedious task, but that's one way you can figure out, all right, these are the events our ideal customers are thinking of going versus these are the events that competitors are talking about sponsoring. Um, so th- those are two ways you can, you can get it. Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook would be good sources of data to, to figure out where your, your customers and your competitors are, are gonna be. The other thing is also going to your competitor's website And they actually, a lot of the times they have the events that they will be attending um, ahead of time. They might have, depending on the size of the company, they would have an events tab and they would say, hey, these are the events we are planning to sponsor and attend.
0: And that's a really good point you made about um, checking out potential clients and customers um, because emails and messages on LinkedIn or social can can take you far, but there's nothing quite as good as an in-person conversation.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: And then just moving on from the events, I believe you had a, a third pillar that we could discuss to summarize and finish off.
1: Yeah, so the third thing is, um, is paid media. So as a marketer, you're creating content, you're attending events, and then you're buying ads, uh, whether it's Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever channel you are using to drive traffic to the content you're putting out. Um, there is also, it's super interesting, uh, is, to, is to make sure... You are bidding on the right keywords um, and also getting a good idea of what kind of content your competitors are putting out. So a couple of tools that I've seen work very good. Obviously, um, I think SEM, Rush, and Moz, they give insights around what kind of content you or what keywords your competitors are bidding on and, and things like that. There are a couple of tools. Um, Moat is a tool where you can you can put in the name of a competitor and then they will show you different platforms and different ads that your competitors are putting out. There's something called whatrunswhere.com that also does the same thing. In fact, Facebook actually has a free tool. So if you go to your competitor's Facebook page um, and you can see ads, you can click on that and you can see all the ads that they're currently running and the engagement that they're getting on that. Um, so those are some great uh, free to low, low-touch low uh, tools that can give you intelligence around what kind of ad copy your competitors using, using, um, who they're trying to target with that kind of content, what kind of content they're buying ads against. And and you can then take that data and then figure out, all right, the, uh, these are some other ad copies that we should create content on because there is an opportunity that our, our competitors are not creating content about that.
0: And I think, yeah, that also comes back to your original pillar about creating content whereby you find out what they're paying their, their customers um, to see, which is your potential customers if you're trying to steal them or Absolutely. go for similar clients. Absolutely, um, so all, yes. all ties into one with checking out Facebook ads and the paid media that your competitors are doing as well. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: And one thing that I would like to add is the thing with your marketing strategy, specifically with content and event and ads, it's both very topical and very temporal. What I mean by that is the topics change with time because the interest or priorities change with time. There are some common themes around every industry, but then there are certain subtopics and niche topics that all of a sudden come up. Like for example, a GDPR or a CCPA or something to do with uh, testing or something like that. So you need to be refreshing or running this kind of a process at least once a month, if not, you know. If not weekly, do it once a month. Once a quarter is the least you should be doing.
0: That kind of answers my final question was going to be how frequently do you think people should sort of check it all? But you have just covered that. Um, And yeah, I guess once you've done it the first time and you've started, you know, following competitors and checking out all of their backdated blog posts or content, it becomes a lot easier as you go forward. Absolutely, yes. Uh yes, yeah, so I was just wondering if you had anything to summarize with, or if not, we can move on to the graduate advice. No, this is uh this
1: at a high level, this is this is a, this was all I wanted to cover from a from a strategy perspective so that you make sure that you're creating the right kind of content, attending the right events, buying the right media to target the right people to be efficient.
0: Yeah, and I think you've given some great tools there that people can go away and check out and test themselves, which is gonna be very beneficial. Um, awesome. So, yeah, we'll just leave the main the main subject, uh, the main topic there and move on to the graduate advice in just a moment. So, as always, just to finish off for the last few minutes, we're going to be talking a little bit about graduate advice. As always, it's not just for necessarily people who are about to graduate. It can be people who maybe want a career change or somebody who thought about going into marketing, but isn't quite sure. Um, so first of all, would you be able to tell us to kind of a little bit about your experience um, in university? I know it is a little different to the traditional sense. Yeah, so I, I moved from India
1: to Canada to do my undergraduate. I, I did my
0: undergraduate degree.
1: And uh, after my undergraduate, I, I, I immediately joined the company where I was interning while doing my undergrad. And, and I worked there for five years. Um, while I was working there, I, I joined my master's program in computer science to do research in you know natural language processing. Halfway through the program, I also started working on LeadSeft. And um, I had finished all my courses for my master's. I just had my thesis left, but LeadSeft had taken off. And I, I kept my master's on pause for a year and a half. I was paying still the... The registration fees but after a year and a half um, getting stuck on my thesis because I didn't have any time so I actually dropped out of my master's um, much to the dismay of my Indian parents but uh, (laughs) but I ended up doing it because I was not being honest I I just didn't have time for working on a thesis so so yeah so I I, I did not finish my master's degree
0: and do you think sort of there is less pressure now on people interested in marketing to go out there and get a phd or a master's i feel like there are quite a lot of um ways into the industry now yeah i don't think you need to do a phd uh,
1: to to get into marketing i don't know if there is a phd degree for getting into marketing um and even master's to be honest with you a lot of marketing nowadays is agile and and learning on the job and so when you are just starting a fresh graduate i don't think you are going to be the head of growth or head of marketing in an organization, you'll probably join as a marketing associate where you learn on the job and hopefully you find a great mentor and a boss um, who can guide you. And, and from there on, you just pick up the cues of what they're doing, what are the tactics, and just, just be super curious about everything that is going on and, and, and analytical. I don't think you really need a master's degree to, to, to excel in, in marketing.
0: And then you mentioned about maybe mentors, et cetera. I think there's there's quite a good community in the marketing community where you can go places and get resources and get answers. Uh, Maybe like the Moz community being a great example. Um, Do you have any other things or tips that you could share for someone that's trying to learn a little bit more before maybe applying for that first role? Yeah, so a few things. Um,
1: There is more tutorial content about marketing sales now than it has ever been, Uh, and it's all free, LinkedIn, Medium, Quora, Reddit, you name it, Facebook groups, there's tons of them, tons, there's an amazing Facebook group that I'm part of called SaaS Growth Hacks, um, where there's people, entrepreneurs, marketers, salespeople in SaaS, that are, they're sharing best practices, so that's, that's an awesome resource, but outside of that, in general, as 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 a fresh graduate, or someone who's trying to get into the marketing world, I think, Two things need to be important. One is you need to be uh, good at storytelling. By that I mean is, you know, any problem, you need to have a good way to articulate that through uh, audio and through through text, through video. You need to know how to articulate a problem um, to the end customer. And then customer can be your boss or it could be a, a Fortune 500 company. So you need to be good at storytelling. You need to keep practicing that, learning that, writing content, creating videos. You might not have a lot of view or audience, but still put it out there. It will sharpen your storytelling skills. That's super key. The second tactical tip that I would give is um, look up, learn Salesforce, uh, HubSpot. Those are two tools and there are a lot of certifications and, and things available and and Google ads. Um, if you know those three things, um, getting into a company, um, you're you're already super valuable.
0: And yeah, you can sign up for the Google Ads Academy without actually creating an account. So that's yeah. a good place to start on that one. Um, just one final question. I know we've been a few minutes on this um, segment. If you were hiring a marketing or maybe just any graduate right now, besides all of that technical knowledge, like on-page optimization or building an ads account, what sort of skills or knowledge would you be looking for?
1: Um you, you look for attitude, to be honest with you. If you're a fresh graduate, you probably realize that they don't have a lot of experience. Um, if they know what a CRM is and what a marketing automation is and the basics of it, that's, that's a great starting point. But the most important thing is the right attitude. If, if, they are, if you, by talking with them, you realize that you know, they are willing to learn and, can, and smart enough to pick something up new, uh, that's all you look for in, when hiring a fresh graduate.
0: Um, Yes, so thank you for being an awesome guest. You've provided some great insights and some tools that people can go away and action. So as always, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and stay tuned for episode 16, which will be coming out very shortly.